Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it is Friday. Yes. Beer sample Friday, as we call it around these parts. Oh, please. Can we just get it over with and do it now? <laughs> Big Nige is here. My name is Jason Hammer, and let's get this Friday rolling. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. I got hairy legs. I lost my Johnson. on track to cut first lady in half so we got good news and bad news here nige when it comes to the jobs report let's start with some good news because there is some good news please the new jobs report is out and it's above the estimation 300,000 plus jobs only 225,000 jobs were predicted okay so it looks like maybe that huge explosion of jobs last month, or I mean, in January, wasn't exactly a fluke. Well, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. All right. But first, let's hear from uh, Captain Applesauce Brains on the jobs report. <laughs> well, look, uh, I think we've got a good jobs report. I'm happy to report that our economy has created over 300,000 new jobs last month. And that's on top of a half a million jobs we added the month before. All told, we've created more than 12,000, 12,000 jobs since I took office. <laughs> Nearly 8,000 of the manufacturing jobs. 12,000? A oh. whole 12,000, wow. huh, Joe? <laughs> I think we, he meant to say 12 million. Can we uh, put that in the uh, in the Biden madness? Is it too late to get that one in there? We've created, since I take office, 12,000 jobs. <laughs> the unemployment <laughs> rate edged up to 3.6%. Now, okay. let's really dive into the bad news here. You mentioned the previous jobs reports, Nides. Job gains in December and January have been revised to go down slightly. Ah, uh, yeah, they do those revisions. So when they were announced originally, you know, everybody was having a parade, but they've been revised to go down. Yeah, the I believe the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, is the one doing the revising there. Wages oh. are up 4.6%, but the inflation is still hot at 6.4%, therefore making a negative 1.8% in Americans' pockets right yeah. now. So so wage growth is, is still way behind inflation. And when you take a big, deep dive at where some of these jobs came from in the report today, over half of the jobs were in leisure, hospitality, and retail. Now, if you work in one of those industries, good for you. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the hierarchy of jobs here, a lot of those are low-paying jobs, okay? So over half of the jobs were in these low-paying leisure, retail, hospitality categories. So a jobs report comes in, and it's 100,000 more jobs than expected. But the unemployment rate went up, but it's also 100,000 Uh, retired people that went back to work. So can you really call this a success? It's one of those glass half full, glass half empty kind of deals here. Well, I mean, you know, the the unemployment rate 
um, ticking up ever so slightly to 3.6, and then wages really don't seem to be reciprocating or, or should I say, reacting positively to the to a tight job market. Wage growth still, like I said earlier, falling behind inflation. The market didn't react kindly at all. Yeah, and I was listening to Tony Katzer earlier. He had uh, Dr. Matt Will on, economist, and he said that's due to uh, uh, Joe Biden's, you know, what he wants to do, th this tax deal, the, this budget that he wants to pr push through. And even though it's dead on arrival uh, in the House, um, it's the fact that he's working towards this goal that would just destroy our economy. So let's dive into this budget deal, right? Because I feel like the budget is a much more important deal going on right now than this jobs report. Because let's be honest, the jobs report can be doctored any number of ways you set low expectations you exceed it you do a victory lap but then you dive into the numbers you see that real wages can't keep up with inflation you're taking a pay cut we know this it's kind of the same deal every single month but with this <laughs> joe biden plan for the budget here i can't believe joe biden spoke yesterday and he was acting shocked and surprised that the republicans want to stop adding 87,000 new IRS agents. <laughs> and, uh, and on top of that, uh, the, what they're really f focused on, I saw here, we'll, I, I shouldn't get into all this now, but is uh, it's kind of surprised me. They, uh, they want to make sure we don't have enough IRS agents. You know those IRS agents we had? They're going to check on the accounts of the super wealthy, which require a lot of accounting, a lot of agents to look at it. <laughs> They want to get rid of him. Did he kind of go into whisper mode there? A he did. Bit? And he had that creepy laugh that sounds like what you hear at the gates of hell. <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo. This guy's such a weirdo. Uh, but how yeah, about, we about, are upset that you're adding 87,000 IRS agents, Joe. Could we add a few thousand uh, ICE agents or Border Patrol agents to the southern border while we're adding 87,000 IRS agents? Here is Joe Biden bizarrely bragging about all the things he's failing at, inflation, <laughs> wages, and gas prices. And while we still have more to do, and there may be setbacks along the way, inflation is now down 30% from what it was this summer. Because gas of you. prices are down more than $1.50 since their peak. Because of you. At the same time, take-home pay for workers has gone up. That's not true at all. The yeah. real information here, the facts, is that inflation was at 1.4% when Joe Biden took office. Gas cost two thirty nine a gallon oh, the today. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> real wages were negative, and now inflation and gas prices are through the roof. So maybe you pump the brakes there, Grandpa, and doing your victory lap. Like in the wage growth thing. It's such a... I mean, anybody, like, you can sit there and listen to him. Okay, wage growth, even though it's leveled off a tad, has technically, yeah, grown, but it's behind inflation. Do people know what that means? I mean, can you explain what that means? I mean, so you get a, you get a, let's say you get a small pay raise yeah. at work, but if the cost of everything else goes up to cancel that out yeah. or even go beyond that, right. it's like you're getting a pay cut and for 22 straight months inflation has outpaced the wage growth in this country 22 straight months so that's joe biden and we'll speak to tommy piggott from the rnc coming up here in just a few minutes we'll get his takes on not only the job report but joe biden's joke of a budget that's doa already we haven't done this in a while nige we have an update on 
Elizabeth Warren. Hey. So your challenge here is try not to laugh. Okay. Okay, it's kind of like we're on Impractical Jokers right now. You're out there doing <laughs> something, and my challenge to you is Great try show. not to laugh. Great show. Elizabeth Warren says what Tucker Carlson is doing with the January 6th tapes is, quote, rewriting history. <laughs> I lose. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, of all people, oh. is talking about how somebody's trying to rewrite history. I believe she tried to rewrite her own heritage in history and getting uh, jobs by using her fake ethnic heritage. Uh, checking off boxes to get certain jobs at colleges and scholarships and things of that sort. Her whole career yeah. is based off the lie that she's an Indian. You're a fake Indian, <laughs> and you're sitting here telling Tucker Carlson he's trying to rewrite history. Get out of here. Ridiculous. It's time to go beast Matt Bear, how are you? Oh, I'm terrific, man. You know, Friday. Let's go. Let's do some. Let's do some stuff. Somebody on the YouTube chat, uh, M Dog, wants to know: Do you know when I-65 through the North Split will be finished? That's the big question right now. 70s open. We're looking at I-65 in late April. It's going to be uh, this say, April. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a good question. I've got expectations yeah. <laughs> so low right now that I thought you, maybe you meant next year. Not as low as mine. <laughs> I mean, we have three major projects going on. This was supposed to be done. In at the beginning of the year. But yeah, we are looking at late April for I-65. Then you'll be able to go to Greenwood, to Chicago, all you want. It's going to be terrific. All right. So you sent me a story this past week, and I thought it was like a parody. I thought this was something <laughs> fake because that movie Cocaine Bear is out in theaters right now. Yeah. It's actually doing really well, isn't it? Yeah. Top three there the first uh, weekend of their, their opening at the box office hammer. So the movie Cocaine Bear is out, and Matt Bear sends me a story about a cocaine cat from Ohio. <laughs> And you're thinking to yourself, okay, it's just a cat. With, uh, uh, it's it's one of those animals you are not supposed to own. This is like a cat that's a mountain lion. I mean, it is an a African serval cat. cat, which kind of looks like like a puma or something. Yeah, it's big. Uh, named Amory escaped from its owner's car. So you have this dude who's like Joe Exotic or somebody that's got one of these wild African cats in his car. Somehow it gets out and it gets up into a tree. Well, Animal Rescue had to go get the big cat out of the tree. And of course they took it in, they treated it, they you know did all the testing. Well, it turns out it tested positive for cocaine. Oh, <laughs> did it go years. on a wild, murderous rampage <laughs> like a cocaine bear? It did not, but uh, believe it or not, we actually had a microphone there. This is what the cat had to say. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was not happy about being at the vet. No, no, but... Uh, what is I, it, a serval cat? I'm looking at it right now. It looks like a cross between like a, a fox and a leopard. It's Yeah, I can't believe anybody would want to own one of these. Well, let alone let it yeah. ride around in your car with you. I mean, this is some real Ricky Bobby kind of stuff right now. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the cougar in the car with a with a kilo of Colombian Bam Bam underneath the axle, you know? <laughs> Great reference. Turning around, Kudos. yelling at it. Hey! <laughs> Karen, the, Karen the Malamine. So the, this wild African cat is now at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo, and they said they're going to take care of it. It's going to kind of 
be like a mascot, if you will, for the Cincinnati Zoo. But did they say where it, it uh, acquired the cocaine? That's what I want to know. They did not. Yeah, but they're the, looking. The, <laughs> I'm sure. Did they're the owner have? Right did the was the owner feeding it cocaine? Has anybody yeah. know if Hunter Biden went to Cincinnati? <laughs> Does anybody know if maybe he's in the greater Ohio area? I don't know. Uh, but Amory is now going to be in the Botanical mm, Garden yeah. of the Cincinnati oh. Zoo. Okay. And with all the hype going around, Matt Bear, of Cocaine Bear and now Cocaine Cat, here at the Hammer and Nigel Show, we've decided to strike while the iron's hot. And maybe if you want to get in on this, you can. We've launched a new breakfast cereal. Kellogg's and a drug cartel from South America bring you the newest <laughs> breakfast cereal. It's cocaine-coated cornflakes. <laughs> Nothing gets you going in the morning like a big bowl of white powder-coated cornflakes. Sure, they're loaded with sugar, but they're also sprinkled with nose candy, snow, dust, flakes, speedball, cocaine-coated cornflakes. They're great. <laughs> now, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> little Al Pacino reference there. Uh, it's not Friday until you have Tony the Tiger whipping out his arms. Uh, yeah. yeah. By the way, <laughs> Arsenal. I, out. I saw Cocaine Bear. It's better than Godfather 2. It is really that great. <laughs> Did I you really see it? Really I, saw, I saw it the first weekend, and, and I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's Oscar-worthy necessarily, <laughs> but this was a good time when the bear does cocaine off a severed leg. <laughs> I'm like, this now, is this the greatest is, thing ever I've ever seen. This, there has to be a sequel. This movie loosely based yeah. on a true story. When I say loosely. Very loosely. Very loose. Well, people were upset because it was like Will, Willem Dafoe's last movie. Uh, because, you know, he he passed on and everything. And, and they're watching this movie. William Dafoe's still alive. Will, Willem Dafoe. Okay, well, the actor who was in Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta's yeah. last movie. And at the end of the movie, these, these cute little cuddly bears who are high on cocaine just start taking the entrails out of Ray Liotta. And oh. like, <laughs> and, and you're like, you know, this is kind of adorable because they're, they're baby bear cubs. But then you're thinking, uh, all I wanted to be in life was a gangster. Did you and, hear about the people in California that got in trouble because they went to watch it in the theater and every time the bear did cocaine, they did cocaine? <laughs> It was like a drinking game, but, you know, I, they turned up the heat true. a little bit higher. Are you serious? I'm afraid to sneak food into the theater. <laughs> Matt Bear, you're the best. Love Thanks, you buddy. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name's Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the drive. Hubler.com hotline. Tommy Piggott is the RNC Rapid Response Director. He joins us every Friday. Tommy, I want to get your thoughts on some hearings that took place in D.C. this past week. We had some powerful moments about the Afghan withdrawal, some interesting moments in regards to big tech censorship. But let's start with Joe Biden and his budget plan. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I'm looking at the plan here, Tommy. I see the word equity about 63 times, <laughs> climate 148. But I see gas prices, three Police, four. Parents, three. It seems like this is the super woke, super progressive budget rolled out by Joe Biden. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Joe Biden himself says 
show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value. That's one of his favorite things to say. And it's clear as day based off of what he values. He values the darling issues of the far left and special interest groups. Meanwhile, he's leaving the American people behind. The fact that he mentions equity more than inflation is ridiculous to me. The fact that he mentions environmental justice more than fentanyl is ridiculous to me. And I think it's also ridiculous to most of the American people. And when you look at the nuts and bolts of his budget, the closer you look, the worse it gets, because it also includes no plan to keep middle class taxes from going up. If you, if you remember those 2000, 2017 Republican tax cuts, those are set to expire in 2025. Biden's budget has no plan to let those uh, tax cuts stay in place. In fact, his budget prices in getting rid of them which means that not only is it this woke budget that's funding all these programs and ignoring so many things Americans care about, it's actually set to let middle-class taxes go up right now. So it's a double whammy. It's a woke budget that's going to make the middle class pay more. And when you listen to Joe Biden talk about this, because he's been speaking lately, and it's been content gold for our show, by the way, but when Joe Biden was speaking about this, he can't figure out why people would be upset about adding all these extra IRS agents. Like, it blows his mind. He can't figure out why people don't want more IRS agents. Is he really this out of touch? He, he must yeah. be. I mean, when you say that it's it's uh, it's a uh, content gold whenever Biden opens his mouth, <laughs> it reminds me how, how ridiculous his administration is. They actually think he's their best messenger. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's astonishing <laughs> to me. It just shows how bad they are at messaging. Uh, but really going to this IRS issue, uh, I mean, we all remember under Obama when the IRS was weaponized, weaponized against conservatives. This is not hypothetical. It's not hypothetical that the IRS can become politicized, not hypothetical that conservatives can fall victim to undue scrutiny by the IRS. It's happened before. Uh, And then now that Biden's back in power, he wants to make that agency bigger when there was no accountability the first time it happened. And and I always find it ironic. He's talking about the rich. He says, I want these IRS agents to go after the rich. Then why in the world is he interested in the 600 bucks in your Venmo account? Why is he interested in Venmo accounts with $600 of transactions in a whole year? That's not the uber wealthy. Those are tipped workers. Those are people like movers that rely on Venmo to, to get a lot of the, the transactions done. This, this is not uh, a president that's interested in actually going after the rich. He's interested in going after the middle class, and that's exactly who's going to pay this tax bill. But he's also disingenuous and dishonest. I mean, look at the lies coming from Biden and even his staff, his, you know, White House press secretary saying, you know, there's low fentanyl uh, at the border. And and, and then Joe Biden says, saying MAGA wants to defund the police. (laughs) I can't even say that without laughing. MAGA wants to defund the police is actually a quote from Joe Biden. And it's just like they're seeing like they're gaslighting or saying random false things. Uh, You know, Joe Next thing you know, Joe Biden's going to say the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, uh, he's I mean, just so disingenuous. Point, yeah. Yeah. That would be almost more true than Republicans wanting to defund the police, to be perfectly frank. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's an alternate universe. I've never, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. I, I think the only reason why he can say these lies with a straight face is because he's had 50 years of experience, to be perfectly frank. And this is a guy who has been lying for 50 years to the faces of the American people. I, the fact that they're going out there and saying Republicans wanted to fund the police, Republicans want to cut Social Security, Republicans don't want to secure the border. I, you, you flip all of those around. That's exactly what they're doing. Democrats wanted to fund the police. Democrats aren't interested in securing the border. Democrats are the ones that actually have no plan to make sure that Social Security doesn't go insolvent. 
insolvent. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Biden has just been gaslighting his way uh, through this presidency. And unfortunately, the only people that are benefiting from it are these bureaucrats and well-connected far left special interest groups. Meanwhile, everyone else is going to the grocery store, going to the gas tank and saying, I can't afford any more of this. And Nigel and I talked about this a couple days ago, Tommy. It's one thing if you have a topic and both sides have a take. Like take, for instance, January 6th. While I don't think it was an insurrection, somebody on the Democrat side could argue that it was, and at least maybe you guys could figure out, okay, maybe we've got something that we can discuss here. They're throwing out their facts that there's no way anybody could spin. When Corrine Jean-Pierre says it's low record low fentanyl at the border right now what do you do with that there's no debate there there's no way you could spin that as well here's what she really meant this is my perspective on it that's a flat-out lie and they keep doing this over and over again and they're lying in ways that have profound effects the reason why they're lying about fentanyl is because they don't want to secure the border they don't want to take the steps necessary to crack down on international crime syndicates that are operating in this country through gang affiliates that are spreading this fentanyl. They don't want to crack down on China when it comes to the fentanyl, the, the ingredients for the synthetic opioid that are being sent to the cartels in Mexico. They don't want to crack down on China for COVID's origins. That's why they're lying about things like fentanyl, because it actually affects their policies. And really, who's hurting from these lies? It's not just this typical, sometimes I think Americans tune it out, this back and forth about who's lying about what. This type of lie the Biden administration is telling, especially about fentanyl, has such profound effects on the American people. It's the number one killer of people aged 18 to 45. And if you have a president and an administration that can't even recognize the fact that we have a fentanyl crisis that is fueled by this border crisis, they're doing nothing to solve it. And it's having profound and real human impacts that, that, that just show that this president is unworthy of the office that he's currently holding. Tommy Piggott is the RNC Rapid Response Director, joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So there were some interesting hearings on Capitol Hill this past week. Let's start with the Afghan withdrawal. The story told by the folks that were there, the testimony that we played back on this radio program was so heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. It makes me angry that we're still talking about this, Tommy. Uh, What did you think about the hearing about the withdrawal from Afghanistan? Well, I agree with you about how heartbreaking it was, and I agree with you about how, how angry it made me. And I think it really made every American that saw that. I think just to remind your listeners about what Biden said the Afghanistan withdrawal would be like before it took place. He said it would be safe and orderly, and it wasn't. We all remember those images of the U.S. Embassy being evacuated, uh, reminiscent of Vietnam. We remember the images of chaos, and of course, we remember those 13 service members that were killed because of this chaotic withdrawal. Uh, and, And Joe Biden, afterwards, after the withdrawal, refuse to take any responsibility. They have the exact same national security team that made the decision to withdraw in the way that they withdrew. withdrew. The exact same one. He's the same president that looked at his watch when the service members' uh, bodies were being returned to the United States. He's the same president who called the withdrawal an extraordinary success. That's a direct quote from what Biden called the Afghanistan withdrawal. But I, I, in a way, am am, uh, uh, thankful that the House GOP is here to say, No more of this lack of accountability. No more of giving Joe Biden a free pass on his terrible decisions. And no more 
of, of the, this effort to sweep the disastrous effects of this withdrawal under the rug. The House Republican majority is here. The House Republican majority will hold Joe Biden accountable. And the House Republican majority will get answers on how this happened, who made these decisions, and what we can do about it. Okay, I agree with you uh, 99% of the way there, Tommy, that the House majority and these committees are, are, you know, in theory, holding people accountable. But like, in reality, nobody's going to go to jail. Nobody's going to, nobody's been fired from this. Like, you know, these committees in the House, they can't prosecute somebody. They can only hand it over to the DOJ, Biden's DOJ, and let them deal with it. And so whether it be the withdrawal from Afghanistan or the cover-up with COVID and the origins of COVID, yes, they are putting it out there in public, but other than that... What is going to happen? I don't think anything is is going to happen in terms of of, of real punishment here. Well, I do agree when it comes to the levers of government, when you only have one chamber of one branch of government, it's really hard to to actually move the ball forward besides putting a stop to the worst parts of Biden's agenda. I don't want to downplay how important it is to stop the worst parts, but I do think the accountability here actually can't have profound effects. We already saw it when it came to D.C.'s crime law, because what happened there is Republicans took a step. They pressured the president. The president was forced to change his mind. The Senate was forced then to vote and approve it, and that law was overturned. So that's a specific example, I think, of where it looks like an uphill uh, battle where Biden doesn't want to actually take a position on the D.C. crime law. Republicans were, were able to force the issue, bring attention to it, and actually have real impacts. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a fight to do these on all these different issues. But being able to start that conversation is incredibly important. Uh, and, and I'm thankful we actually have a House yes. Republican majority that can do it. Tommy, we got about 60 seconds left here. The Twitter files hearing. We saw Matt Taibbi. We saw Schellenberger there. And the Democrats trying their damnedest to get these guys to out their sources. You mean those so-called journalists? Those so-called yeah. journalists, as they were called. What did you think about the Twitter files hearing? Well, how ironic that the Democrats on the Weaponization Committee tried to weaponize their position yeah. to get journalists <laughs> to reveal their sources. That's kind of what I thought about that. And it really shows how uh, how necessary the hearing was. Democrats kind of proved our point for us, I think, on that one. Tommy Pigott, RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, we appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Snoring survey, Hammer. In a recent survey, 56% of people say they snore or have A partner that snores, 54% of them have tried various hacks to try to cut back on snoring. Some of the more popular things people have tried include using extra pillows, buying anti-snore pillows, drinking more water, nasal strips. I use the nasal strips. Uh, Others include avoiding alcohol before bed. I'm definitely a snorer. I thought you were going to say, I definitely drink before bed. (laughs) (laughs) Avoiding alcohol completely, avoiding alcohol before bed, sleeping, sitting up. You can't beat a good CPAP machine. You got one. I, my wife makes me wear it. Sometimes <laughs> I don't want to wear it, but God bless her too. I look like I look like a victim of the alien. Like it's, <laughs> you know, the aliens. It's just it's it's coming out of my nose and it's wrapped around my head. And this tubes coming out of my face. Well, I think the reason that the lovely Lindsay makes you wear that is because we have audio of you snoring, and I totally get it. (laughs) Listen to that long pause. (laughs) Yeah. 
I think that's the moment when she. I think we uh, we were visiting somewhere. We were on vacation, and that that was the moment she said, "Time for a CPAP machine." Because we edited that down. It goes on for like a ninety seconds, yeah. and there's one stretch where Bro, I'm not breathing. It sounds uh, like you're dead, and that's sleep apnea. That's what sleep apnea is. Thirty seconds without. I go. Were you ever going to wake me up? Were you ever going <laughs> to shake me? Because it was Lindsay that recorded. Yes. That. Yeah. <laughs> At what point was she going to say, "I better wake him up to make sure he's alive"? <laughs> but you know what i snore and so does the coupon lady crystal hammer snores she's gonna kill you and i've played this before but when she snores it comes in threes and i want you to listen to this closely it sounds like a dog growling a dog growling and then a wet fart (laughs) wait for it The way she snores sounds like dog growling, dog growling, wet, wet fart. fart. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. So Kathy McCord, the former, and I, I did just say former counselor at Pendleton Heights High School, Madison County, Indiana. Uh, she Her contract was terminated last night. Uh, it was a unanimous vote from the South Madison uh, Community School Board. Uh, this is all over her disagreeing with and speaking publicly about some plan to withhold information from parents about a student's preferred pronouns. And a, a big wrinkle was thrown into this whole story last night. Tony Kennett from The Daily Signal was there. Uh, we're going to hook up live with Tony Kennett. First of all, Tony, uh, you were thrown out of this um, school board meeting towards the end, weren't you? Uh, yeah, that's true. I uh, had a lovely moment near the end in which I was uh, I was accused of falsifying documents in my article that yeah. I initially wrote in December. And so as they were adjourning the meeting, and uh, it was very clear all of the board members were packing up their stuff to sprint away from the WTHR reporter, the Fox 59 reporter that were present, uh, they were adjourning the meeting and I asked a question very simply, which was, can you cite your source? You know, where did I falsify the article? What's what did I edit according to your claims? Yeah. So they so they fired they fired her for what they said was providing false statements over their gender identity plan. Was that a was that a surprise to you when you heard that? I was I knew they were going to accuse her of lying. What I didn't expect was for Buck Evans, uh, who's a school board member who's been on the board for about 20 years, uh, to basically read this statement that was just grossly false. I mean, not in a way that they could have sloughed it off, but every one of the statements that he made was grossly false. And when I asked a question about it from the press area, uh, Mike Hanna asked the police to remove me from the property. Uh, which is incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I've never seen that happen. At a Were you making a scene program. or anything, Tony? Were you speaking out of turn? Were you yelling? Were you causing a ruckus? Uh, nope. Uh, the meeting was adjourning, and I simply called out from the press area and asked a question. And uh, then I asked a follow-up question to that, and that was just one too many. So instead of answering the question, uh, they called the police over because they've made these claims 
uh, that they say that we falsified stuff and that, you know, we're all out to get the district. And yet they haven't answered any media outlet from the left or the right at any point in November. They've never actually provided any transparency. They're making stuff up as they go. And uh, at this point, it's, it's clear that Buck Evans is... Uh, just a coward and a liar. What a shame. So let me read you the headline. And I've seen this headline on a couple different media outlets today. And I know the trolls are coming out of the woodwork on social media, coming after you and coming after, you know, us and everything. The headline reads, Madison County School Board fires guidance counselor for providing false statements over gender identity plan. Tony, yes or no, and give us a reason why. Did she provide false statements over the gender identity plan? No, she didn't. That is a misleading headline. They fired her because they are accusing her of providing false statements. Uh, I've spoken with McCord. She went on the record several times with me. I double-checked every single thing that she provided. I talked to several different staff and parents uh, in the district. Nothing that she ever told me was false. Uh, We actually have this backed up by a lot more than just what I've released in the article, including a four-hour video with the school's lawyer uh, that they had hired at the time from Church, Church, Hiddle, and Antrim. And uh, we'll definitely be releasing that because, and I want to reiterate this very clearly on the air, Buck Evans, Mike Hanna, and Angie Brown, as well as the rest of the school board at South Madison Community Schools are cowards and liars. Angie Brown even admitted to the entire crowd, I agree with Kathy, but I'm still voting against her, which is just, I mean, it's amazing. I've never seen a school board treat parents with such abhorrence. Uh, There's a private recorded conversation that will be exposed soon in which Dr. Hall, the superintendent, admits that he really doesn't believe any of this stuff. They're really just doing it to appease the ACLU. They're cowards and liars, every last one of them. But but Tony, the and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have a statement right in front of me. The statement said basically that she provided you false information, then knew it, and then didn't tell you about it afterwards and, and let, you know, caused unnecessary undue um, uh, controversy within the, the community. Is there any right. truth? I mean, that, like, if she, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here. If she provided no, you, you should. If, if she provided you something that was false, because now they're providing copies of what they say is the district's official plan. Which, by the way, matches what I posted word for word. Word for word, the gender support plan that they posted is word for word, nothing more, nothing less, exactly what I posted. The exact statement he said was, Mrs. McCord admitted she did not tell the truth about providing Mr. Kennett with the document or correct misleading statements within his article. So I spoke to the McCords, and I actually spoke to a few other individuals after that event, and uh, none of that's true. Uh, no, Kathy did not admit that, you know, she had had th- that's a completely false statement. McCord never at any point in time admitted that she had done anything wrong here because she did nothing wrong. She did not provide any misleading statements to anyone. Buck Evans is a liar. So, Tony, when you were there last night, you were live streaming for a little bit before you were ultimately uh, asked to leave by the powers that be in the police department. But the folks running the school board meeting said, we've got the policy here. We've got 100 copies. We're going to pass it out. And it will clearly state that the policy shows parents are supposed to be in the mix. Parents are supposed to be in the know. So what's going on? What's wrong? What's right? Give us the truth. Well, first of all, there's nothing in there that actually states they are required by law to contact parents if the students don't want them to. There's nothing that says that. And also, if this was so simple, did you guys know that I called uh, Pendleton several times? I called the South Madison School District. I went over to the school district myself days before the article came out and asked them, 
I asked to meet with any school board member. I talked with Joel Sandifer on the phone. He refused to provide any information. I called Mark Hall, the superintendent, several times, emailed him several times, emailed principals, assistant superintendents, etc. They never once provided me with this. They never once provided any parent with this throughout any of the process. And you know what that tells me? They're making it up as they go and they're lying. Because if this truly is so simple as they say it was, then they would answer, I mean, good God, answer Fox 59, answer uh, the Indy Star, answer the Herald Bulletin out of Anderson, answer any group that called to ask questions if it's so simple yeah it's well, not. You, you were the first to report on this but but other local media outlets and regional outlets were were quick to follow on this story and basically we're reporting the same thing that you had reported about the gender policy uh, that's correct. And by the way, any any FOIA that is that is done, and by the way, the Heritage Foundation will actually be opening an official FOIA into school records and communications on this since they've now levied this claim that we've made things up. We'll, we'll get the feds involved. We'll get you know the state involved. And, but are and, they and making claims that you made it up or that she made it up? Because if, well, if, if they're saying that she made it up, then I don't know how you're as a journalist culpable in this i know you're 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 ta- look you know we were all for uh, miss mccord and her keeping her job but if if they're arguing she should be fired because she made something up and they knew about it then i don't see how that's your fault and if that were the case i would be right there with you but the fact of the matter is kathy never made these okay. made any misleading statements the, the precise statement that buck evans levied is misleading statements in the daily signal article written by yours truly along with editing the document inflamed the public unnecessarily not a single word in that statement is true so he's claiming very vaguely i think intentionally that either kathy or i edited or forged documents uh, which is not true and i again i did not just take Kathy McCord's word for it. Um, although I do believe that you should take her word for it. She's a wonderful woman. I double checked every single document and every single source. The ones that are dishonest in this case are the members of that school board. And what a shame. Tony Kennett joining us, recapping what happened in a wild school board meeting last night in Pendleton, where he, Tony Kennett, was kicked out of. So legally here, what's next for Kathy McCord? Because the way that I understand things, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, in the state of Indiana, you can be fired for any reason. But if she feels like she was defamed here, basically called a liar in a high-profile story that had media coverage here, she should be lawyering up if she told the truth. Uh, now, I, I want to make this clear. I am not in contact with the McCord Legal Counsel. I, I am I am not privy to any decisions that they are currently making. And, and if I was, I certainly wouldn't talk about them on the air, especially given my bias in the situation. Uh, that said, yes, in Indiana, you can cancel a teacher contract at any time for whatever reason. However, it matters to a degree what reasons you gave for canceling the contract. So when Indianapolis Public Schools canceled my contract, they basically came up with seven alternate reasons that had nothing to do with the media so that they could kind of hide behind that and say, this is why we extra contract. With McCord, they directly cited the situation. So if you can prove that the board is lying here, then they terminated her contract wrongfully. And additionally, yes, the, the statement that Buck Evans made is defamatory. It is defamatory towards Kathy McCord. It is defamatory towards myself. And he is legally liable for that. And speaking from the position of the South Madison Community School Corporation, the, the school board itself is also liable for very defamatory statements and libelous publication. 
All right, Tony Kennett, you've done a dynamite job covering this story. This was not an easy story to cover. Uh, Sounds like the folks in Pendleton clearly know who you are and don't like you, but you kept showing up. You brought us amazing coverage. Where can we follow up with this and where can we hear more? Uh, You can follow up more on this with the Daily Signal. I believe Attorney General Rakita commented on the situation today. That's all the information I can provide there. Uh, But for minute-by-minute updates, you can follow me on Twitter at TheTonus, T-H-E-T-O-N-U-S. Tony Kennett, you're the best. Thank you. Well, it says Fox 59, CBS 4, spoke with the McCord family last night. They said they are speaking to an attorney and have no comment for now. Oh, take that school to the cleaners, man. Take those people to the cleaners. Imagine this. Like, we live in a world where IPS exists, but the Pendleton School District is the laughingstock of the state right now. Let that sink in for just a moment. I mean, really, no matter what side of the fence you stand on with this story with Kathy McCord, the way this was handled by the Pendleton School System, laughingstock, amateur hour. And if you're a voter in Pendleton and Madison County, when these school board elections roll around again, remember the names. Remember these amateurs that took you down this road. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Emma and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Emma, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You tell us if they're anything or not. It's pretty simple. There's somebody on social media sharing a hack on how to be the only passenger in your row of seats on an airplane. Okay. You have an entire row of seats just to yourself. Oh, this is called a poor man's first class. A what? Well, I bought one ticket for myself, and then I bought two fully refundable tickets on this row. That sounds expensive. No, because 45 minutes before boarding my flight, I cancel my two fully refundable tickets and get 100% of my money back. But won't the airline just fill these seats then? 90% of the time, they don't, meaning I get this whole row to myself. And all you paid was one normal ticket. What's the catch? There's no catch. Just make sure the two additional tickets are fully that's pretty okay that's solid now i don't like are very many airplane tickets you buy can you just cancel 45 minutes before you get on the plane and it's fully refundable is that a comma i don't know the answer to that now i saw allison our producer shaking her head over there in disgust what do you you think i don't know because one my luck they would not take the refunds or you get the whole road to yourself and then someone decides to sit next to you anyway you know that's going to happen. Yeah. So <laughs> most flight attendants announce that once they've reached the altitude, you can move to an open seat. Right. So, and if I, it clearly I can't happen on Southwest because Southwest, you just pick and run around wherever right. you exactly. want anyway. So, and, and <laughs> what if somebody did not get tickets for that flight? You know, oh, they didn't yeah. get home to see their family <laughs> because this jag off yeah. was taking up the entire <laughs> row by himself. And by default, you know, those seats didn't get sold. I don't know. Uh, for this next one, Allison, hit me with a little mood music. Oh, Billy Squire. Billy Squire. Yeah. Whatever like happened it. to Billy Squire? That's the question. He mostly disappeared. 
after releasing a rock album in 1993. Well, he's back with a new song. I don't know if anybody was asking for it, but Billy Squire's back. It's called Harder on a Woman. Here's a little sample. Lean on me, my darling. Let me be your man. And you know what this is? You know, this is. He recorded it as a, a political statement on Roe v. Wade. Billy Squire. Harder on a woman. That's what it's called. No, I like for 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 what it's worth. I like the video to Rock Me Tonight, <laughs> where he's dancing alone in his room, flash dance style. That was really a, weird. <laughs> Can video. you just sing the stroke, Billy? Can you just give a stroke? That's all but, we're that's asking Billy, for. Billy Squire screaming about Roe v. Wade and his new single harder on a woman so you think justice alito is like all of a sudden texting kavanaugh <laughs> brett maybe yeah. we have this whole thing this, wrong this is a big mistake did you hear billy squire <laughs> did you hear billy squire could you imagine kavanaugh calls gorsuch hey look we might want to get together on this we might <laughs> you know billy squire just put out this song it's it's called harder on a woman and it, we're we're getting some heat here from billy squire alito <laughs> runs outside in his underpants <laughs> brett brett get over here he's back can you do you Who? Still, do billy you, squire do you still have that we we, deb- we debuted a, a new <laughs> billy squire single to, uh called harder on a woman let's hear it one more time Lean on me. Can you see Kavanaugh fighting his lip right now? Harder on a woman than it is on a man. 39,000 views on YouTube. Is that good? <laughs> well, or is that bad for well, somebody? Con- considering that, that, you know, Lonely is the Night has 11 million views. Hell, Rock Me Tonight, that awful music video where he's dancing alone in his bedroom with the brass pole has 2.5 million views. That's the video, if you showed it to somebody today and said, is that a man or a woman, they might not know. <laughs> we know that Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson would have no idea. No clue. But I just don't see <laughs> Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Alito, they're all texting each other. Oh, you know, boy. maybe Billy Squire's yeah. right. Yeah, maybe we made a mistake on the whole Roe v. Wade thing. <laughs> like, you're Billy Squire, you <laughs> come out of retirement for that all the other things that have happened you've let slide but this was the straw that broke the camel's back oh god <laughs> crying over here crime punishment judges legal stuff breaking the law breaking the law uh this story from the indie stars <laughs> kind of interesting after more than 20 years in prison, an indie guy exonerated in murder and set free. Oh, yeah. A guy from um, uh, uh, accused of an execution-style murder in Plainfield, wasn't it? Yeah. Leon Benson was locked up for about 25 years and was charged with the execution-style murder of the Plainfield man. He was recently released from Pendleton as a free man after an investigation found that police failed to disclose key pieces of evidence, including evidence that implicated somebody else. So he spent 10 years in solitary confinement. I mean, nearly 
20 years Jeez. in prison. I mean, that's straight up some Andy Dufresne style stuff right there. Right. So this is about to become some major legal stuff well, here. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he can, uh, like the the state. You know, I wonder what the state laws are in terms of compensating somebody that's been wrongfully imprisoned, especially for that long. I wonder if there's a cap or a limit. I'm sure there probably is. It's not just a sorry, my bad, yeah, and then give but, him his stuff back and send him outside, is it? Especially if you can prove that the investigation had evidence implicating somebody else and they didn't show it. They didn't use it. They stuck it on you. Dude. So this becomes like the bar question everybody asks. Let's just for argument's sake say this guy is going to get, I don't know, $40 million. Would you yeah. spend 20 years in the joint for $40 million? 10 years in solitary. No. No, I wouldn't no, either. No, no way. Sorry. Um, I, I don't think he can get that much anyway. I think there's there's caps or limits on that kind of thing, but, but you know, no way. Allison, Sorry. you ever been to prison? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. <laughs> okay. Hey, let's, uh, let's switch gears and check in with America's battle against COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. How many? There are three vaccines. Three. China. Now you've made Big notch. Hit it. Here we go. Because of COVID-19. Easy there, Mariah. Whew. A study finds that rats in New York City can indeed spread the Rona. <laughs> Wonderful. Somewhere Dr. Fauci's going, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Y'all thought I was lying. Perfect. Oh. In a report a- published in Thursday's edition of the medical journal MBio, researchers say they've determined that New York's rats are indeed capable of carrying three COVID variants. Now, the CDC has claimed animal-to-human transmissions very unlikely. The study's lead author says he's not so sure that's true. For the study, they caught 79 rats in Manhattan and Brooklyn in and around locations surrounding the wastewater systems. Of them, 13 tested positive for COVID, but not all of them had the same variant. Some of them had Omicron. Some of them had something oh, else. So what? So hold on. Did you mention like can they pass it to humans or no? It's like, unlikely, it's, but yeah. it could happen. Like I could win the lottery, but it's not likely. So that's where we're at here. The did you know back uh, in where'd it go? Hold on. Except all there. Like the British government at the beginning of COVID-19, nearly, they almost asked the public to kill their cats during the pandemic, is what their former health minister said. Was the health minister a dog? Because <laughs> 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 that's something that the dog would say, to be honest British with British government uh, nearly asked all public to kill their cats at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic levels because they thought that they were able to pass uh, the virus animal to human. Why just the cats then? Uh, well, th- because that was the only... President Dog was in charge. <laughs> <laughs> you need to kill all the cats. I mean, I'm looking at it right here. 
James Bethel, appointed to parliamentary under Secretary of State of the UK Department of Health and Social Care just days before the first doc- lockdown was de- declared, revealed just how confused officials were about spreading the spread of COVID-19. Quote, there was a moment when we were very unclear about whether domestic pets could transmit the disease or not. In fact, there was an idea at one moment that we may have to ask the public to exterminate all the cats in Britain. Good Lord. So what was this guy's name again? Who was it that was? James Bethel appointed as uh, Undersecretary of State at the Department of Health. So Uh, let's say you're sitting around a big conference table. James Bethel's at the end of it. (laughs) Everybody's freaking out. They've got the the death trackers on TV, because remember, that was a thing early on. How many people are dying to COVID? Mr. Bethel, what do you suggest? (laughs) The numbers are going up. People are freaking out. Hell, I don't know. Kill the cats. You know, people put up with a lot. People, we learned people put up with a hell of a lot during COVID, being locked down, being away from their loved ones, and it was all BS. It was all needless. I have a feeling people are so militant about their pets, the cat lovers, the dog lovers. There would have been an upheaval and an uprising. I mean, certainly there were COVID lockdown protests in UK, in Australia, in United States, everywhere. But if that, if that would have been the protocol. <laughs> so there's a bunch of people outside coughing, sneezing, <laughs> hacking away, but yet we're going to kill all the cats. That's going to, that's going to kill. That's going to get rid of the coronavirus, right? Uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think here, Matt. We'll see. We do, we can do masks. We can do the plexiglass, uh, maybe some, um, you know, the, the social distancing six feet apart, and probably, just to be safe, we're going to throw in killing all the animals. Uh, domestic <laughs> domestic animal, pet owners need to euthanize their cats. Um, like, yeah. after that meeting, after the meeting had been adjourned, like, and everybody's going to the can, <laughs> are, like, two guys, like, be. using the urinal, hey, did you hear Bethel? <laughs> <laughs> that crazy bastard wants to kill all the cats. <laughs> Government considered, I've been reading all these government considered cull of all 11 million cats in the UK at the start of COVID pandemic. There would have been a mass uprising like you've never seen. Allison, you ever kill a cat? No, but that guy's got to be someone's son. He doesn't belong on that board. Oh, man. He knew somebody. Yeah, there were two guys in the John after that meeting. They were separated by one John that was blocked off. Of <laughs> right. Course, for be, protocol. For protocol. Uh, yeah, man, Lord Bethel. Because uh, that's what—that's how they refer to him, is Lord Bethel, because of his position. <laughs> Did I hear Lord Bethel right? He wants to kill 11 million cats to stop... <laughs> It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I can't stop laughing. Remember when we went to the Colts game, that Colts, I think it was Colts Jets, and they had, like, uh, you know, obviously limited capacity, and we went into Lucas Oil, and there's, like, only 5,000 people there, and we went to the bathroom, and they had uh, uh, sinks blocked off. Right, you, you couldn't, couldn't wash your hands. You, you couldn't wash your hands next to somebody else. They had every other sink and like three urinals blocked off, and you had to wait in line, even though there were only a certain amount of people there. You had to wait in line to wash your hands. Which seems counterproductive to the science that I was told. 
So we can't wash our hands, but we can't wait in a line next to somebody who's got germs all over them to wash their hands because the sinks are blocked off. That's it. Oh man. Welcome. Uh, that yeah. That was. Uh, that's a thing. It's time for Biden all madness. Right. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. This today, Nige marks the end of the first round of play. So we've got an all-new matchup coming up here in just a moment. But before we get there, let's find out who won yesterday's matchup. All right. Yesterday was a matchup of the number 14 seed against the number three seed. The number 14 seed is where Joe Biden was speaking to a predominantly urban audience. Al Sharpton was there. It was for Black History Month in February. And here is Joe Biden with some words of wisdom for the folks in the crowd. And by the way, you know, I'm not, I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Because we all know the perception that African-Americans have of white people. We're all dumb. <laughs> and that's not true. And that was taking on the number three seed where two weeks after her fatal accident, Joe Biden was wondering oh. where Jackie Walorski was. And I want to thank all of you here for in- including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. You doddering old fool. He had already oh. had a statement about her passing. He had named a building after Jackie Wolarski, and then he was wondering why she wasn't there for a bipartisan bill meeting. Is there any chance he was talking about Jackie Brown? Doubtful. Quentin Very doubtful. Jackie Chan? 75% to 25%. Where's Jackie? Oh, moves I hope on. that doesn't win because it is the worst. It is so cringe. So the final first oh. round matchup that we have includes the number one seed in this tournament. We'll tell you what that is here in just a moment. But coming in at number 16, this is a relatively new one. This is earlier this year where Joe Biden was talking about military nurse Pearl Nelson and how she would do unspeakable things to him. And Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow. She'd breathe on my neck and then... Is that how you establish a human connection is to breathe on someone? <laughs> like if I, if, if I wanted to, you know, make intimate contact... <sighs> what if you were Joe Biden? God, that's so weird. So that's the number 16 seed. Now, before we play you the number one seed, I want to have John F. Kennedy, another Democrat president, recite the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, Mm. that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And now, the number one seed in our tournament. We hold these truths to be (laughs) self-evident. All men and women created by, go, you know the, you know the thing. You know the thing. The Declaration of Independence. Uh, that thing. 
The voting is live right now on Twitter at Hammer and Nigel. Vote now. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Well, Hammer, we already know that Biden wants to jack up taxes. Um, I mean, that's probably going to be dead on arrival when it hits the House. They'll they'll vote that down. But, I, I mean, how else are we supposed to pay for Ukraine? How else are we supposed <laughs> to give, keep giving money to the Zelensky handover fist? You know what I mean? But now you there's fallout from this, this Joe Biden budget plan right there in front of you. So the budget plan proposed yesterday would spend $6.8 trillion hey. and would, quote, Tax the bejesus out of people. <laughs> Does it say that in? It doesn't Does say it that in. That's my quote. <laughs> that would be awesome. It said that in the actual budget budget proposal. So, for the first time, <laughs> I think, in the history of the United States, Biden wants to tax unrealized capital gains. That's if you own stock and it rises in value, You know, if you're doing everything right, right. the Biden administration wants to tax you on that, even though you haven't sold it off. So, <laughs> more taxes coming in from the Biden administration. Does that make any sense? There's also, and this one is my favorite, $1.3 billion for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration for research on roadway fatalities and injuries. Now, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, maybe that's important. Well, yeah. Here's part of the research that we're spending $1.3 billion on. Developing a female crash test dummy to, quote, address gender equity and crash no, testing. Now, now you're screwing with me. $1.3 billion for that. Now now you're just trying to make me mad. <laughs> you're trying to piss me off here? Really? $1.3 billion for gender equal crash dummies? Correct. Testing on gender equity crash sites. To quote Ron Burgundy. I don't believe you. <laughs> and actually, I, it's pretty much par for the course with this administration. I absolutely believe that. Here's a little bit more of some of the nonsense in Joe Biden's budget plan. Ted Cruz went on with Sean Hannity last night and broke it down. The agenda, this is Bernie Sanders' budget. This is AOC. This is Elizabeth Warren. And, and, and let me show you just some amazing stats. All right, here's how many times the following words appear in the budget. Equity. 63 times. Wow. Climate, 148 times. Environmental justice, 25 times. Transgender, 8 times. <laughs> Intersex, which I have no idea what that is, 7 times. <laughs> so things the American people care about. Inflation, only 10 times. Fentanyl, twice. Border security, wow. 8 times. Police, 4 times. Law enforcement, 9 times. Crime, 24 times. And gas prices, 3 times. They tell you who they are. They wow. tell you who they are. He's 100% right. My mouth is just agape. Like, can we just do the budget? Does everything have to mention transgender? Everything's got to be transgender now. Just Nudge. do the budget? Uh, Chip Roy <laughs> is a representative of Texas. He's got thoughts on this proposed budget. His budget proposes a $3 trillion tax hike. We think we should do the opposite. We think we should be 
pulling government back, getting out of the way of the American people, letting them create growth and opportunity for their kids and grandkids. And if you create economic growth, you can actually grow out of the debt that we face. We can save over $3 trillion over the next decade by putting that spending for the federal bureaucracy back to pre-COVID levels. Now I ask you, who among us think that the size of government in 2019 was really small and efficient and effective? Anybody? Anybody want to sign up and say, man, that, that, that government, man, they were really nailing it. They, uh, they were really efficient and effective. How about, is it better now, bloated with all the COVID spending? All we're asking is to take that bureaucracy down the street, return it to pre-COVID levels, and then have a simple growth over the next 10 years and be able to sustain our uh, government at the level it should be and save $3 trillion. President Biden wants to tax us into oblivion, regulate us into oblivion. We're standing against that. With all this yeah. talk of spending <laughs> night oh, and man. equity tax hikes <laughs> and, you know, crash test dummies that you have to spend billions of dollars on for equity, I need a break. All we right. got to figure out a way to save some damn money around here. Cue up the band. Let's get the coupon lady on the phone. Oh, geez, you guys are freaking me out. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. 93 WIPC. This is the official music of the crazy coupon lady. <laughs> Crystal Hammer joins us. Hey, How Crystal. are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We are doing good. Now, I want to bring Nige into a conversation. Hit me. You were telling me uh, the other night, wokeness is coming into the coupon community. No. Do I understand this correctly? No. Oh, it is. It, it is. Like, of all things that I have on social media, because I follow, obviously, a lot of coupon creators out there, and yes, the whole politics and wokeness and everything has now infiltrated the coupon community as well. So, people... People are no longer wanting to go to Walgreens to get deals because of what's going on with like their policy state to state with abortion stuff, correct? That is correct. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of creators that, you know, put, which they, I'm sorry, but Walgreens is one of my favorite places to actually coupon at because they offer great coupons. And sometimes you can not only get a manufacturing coupon, but you also get a store coupon that can stack together. And sometimes the deals are just amazing, especially on household items, laundry items, skincare products. I mean, it's one of my favorite, but I mean, these people are just attacking these you know creators on different sh social media platforms wow. for putting any type of thing out there about Walgreens. Well, uh, if if you shop at Walgreens, according to Gavin Newsom of California, you are an incredibly horrible person, Crystal, and I'm ashamed of you. I, I guess I'm just a horrible person. Well, look who you're married to, so... <laughs> I think it makes sense. I should have came up with that one. Um, we are getting ready for a little March Madness here. Uh, the real stuff gets going next week. We got conference tournaments going on now, but the real madness gets going next week. So my challenge to you was find us snacks, find us things that Ooh. we can binge watch basketball with. What did you come up with? So I was able to find three items, and this includes um, frozen pizzas, and I'm talking the good frozen pizzas, um, family size bags of Tyson appetizers yeah. and some chips, 
and you have you can get a limit of five of each of these products. So this could at least last you the first two, maybe or first week or two weeks, but in our household, probably one day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what do we got? What are we talking? Okay, so the first thing is the Screamin' Sicilian Pizzas. They're in the frozen section. They're really good pizzas, by the way. But they are normally regularly priced at $9.99. They're on sale for $5.99. But if you clip that Kroger Weekly Digital Coupon, again, you've got to use that Kroger app and clip that coupon, you can get it for $4.99 a pizza limit of five. That's 50% off. Solid, solid. I like pizza with March Madness. Madness. What else we got? Now, this one's my favorite. The Tyson Anytizers. Tyson, um, um, it's the family size bag. So, this isn't the small bags. This is the family size bags. You can get popcorn chicken. You can get the boneless wings in honey barbecue flavor or buffalo flavor. Those bags are going to run you $16.99 a bag. They're on sale for $13.99. But if you clip that Kroger weekly digital coupon, you can get that family size bag for just $9.99 a bag. Solid. That is a huge deal, especially for, you know, chicken. I mean, so you could get honey barbecue and for, like, Christopher and buffalo for Jacob. Right. Everybody's happy. I like it. If anybody wants to get any more deals before the madness officially rains down on us, where can they go? Uh, they can, you know, follow me on social media. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Just search my name. It's Crystal Hammer, spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L, just like The Stripper. The Stripper. <laughs> She's the crazy coupon lady. Thanks, Crystal, Crystal, thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Jason Hammer over there. My name is Nigel. Easily the biggest news story of the week was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy giving footage unseen to uh, Tucker Carlson of January 6th, uh, which Tucker aired this week, which seemed to push back against the mainstream narrative that this was an out-of-control, all-out violent insurrection. Breitbart News Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle was the first to sit down with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for an exclusive interview since he gave Tucker Carlson that footage. He is on the drivehubler.com hotline right now. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Fired up for the weekend. Look, great interview with the House Speaker. And I understand, I mean, let's start at the beginning. There's more footage of January 6th. Why did the House Speaker give some to Tucker? What does the what does he intend to do with the rest of it and why? Yeah, look, um, so there are 42,000 hours of surveillance tapes from the day of January 6th in Congress, because they've got dozens and dozens of uh, hundreds of uh, security cameras around the Capitol. And uh, a lot of this surveillance footage can really provide some uh, insight into what really happened that day and whether or not the January 6th committee members, Benny Thompson, its chair, who was appointed by Nancy Pelosi, or uh, Liz Cheney and Adam McKinsey, 
Kinzinger, who are thankfully no longer members of Congress, so uh, their districts can have effective representation now. Uh, but the, uh, and the other members, uh, if the the conclusions and the, the the statements that they made over the course of the last two years are true or not, um, the uh, and also so people can see what really happened. And it, it the the real picture seems to be. It's a lot more complicated uh, than the narrative that the uh, the left had put forward yes. about what went down that day. Nobody thinks that what happened on January 6th was okay, right? Like, nobody's trying to say that. Speaker McCarthy isn't trying to say that. Tucker Carlson isn't trying to say that. We're not trying to say that. But what we want to do is get to the truth of what actually happened. And uh, it, it turns out that, uh, you know, several of these people who had entered the Capitol uh, were apparently being walked around by police officers who were trying to help them and open doors for them and stuff. And uh, and then many of the people were in there just taking pictures and lining up. And, uh, you know, and then certain facts that these people had said, the January 6th committee members, it said about the timing of the death of Officer Sicknick or the timing of lo- uh, locations of various people like Ray Epps and other people all turned out to be inaccurate. And if they're willing to uh, or unwilling to get basic details like dates and times and things like that right, uh, then what else did they get wrong? And I think yeah. that it's uh, important that the public sees this. It's also important for the people who are facing charges from the Justice Department. Some of them rightfully so, some of them not, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, to have access to fo- the footage, because this could be exculpatory evidence. And so that was one of the things we talked to the speaker about. Um the media seems to be the establishment media seem to be up in arms and are uproar yes. about this because of the fact that Speaker McCarthy gave the first bite of the apple of this to Tucker Carlson. Uh, so we talked to the speaker about that, and he made he he made it clear. He's like, look, we fully intend to release the the full forty two thousand hours to the public. They're going through it right now. This is what he says. They're going through it right now. They have to remove anything that would reveal things that are a threat to national security, like secret doors or where they do security stuff and things like that. So, yeah. okay, they're going through that. They're removing that stuff so that when they, when they release the full thing, um, it, will be, it won't jeopardize the security of lawmakers. But uh, and so that takes time. So that's understandable. Um, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it's totally reasonable that uh, 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 the biggest show in America, which is Tucker Carlson's program, uh, the biggest news show in the country, every night the highest rated show is going to get an exclusive on the the things yeah. that are going to be forthcoming. So and he's like, it, it, Speaker McCarthy makes the case. He's like, look, CNN was literally broadcasting from Statuary Hall in the Capitol uh, for its. January 6th coverage with the January 6th committee and getting tons of exclusives from them, as were several of these other media outlets that were being regularly given things that included, by the way, surveillance footage. The, the bits and pieces that the committee decided to release. But, you know, things like the the clip that the committee released of Senator Hawley leaving the yeah, building. Right. You know, that was yeah, totally yeah. out of context. He was the last one out, and it was after all these other members had left, too. And it was because of the, uh, the you know, the police officers that were uh, escorting senators out of the building um, and, and leading an evacuation. So the, the facts are much more complex. Story than 
this was a violent insurrection and these people were trying to threaten our democracy. No, it's the tensions were high that day. There was a, 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 I think it's safe to call it a riot or a, a mob. Sure. Right? Like, but in terms of an insurrection, no. And many of the people who were in there. We're just people, you know, going around, wandering taking around, taking a stuff. tour. Yeah, like so. It's 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 more. Were there some people who were violent? Absolutely, right. Like and those people need to be held and prosecuted as the post extent of law, and I think they are. But the um, the narrative that the left had been feeding the American public for so long, and that the January sixth committee had been feeding the public so long, clearly doesn't hold up under scrutiny. Which is why Nancy Pelosi, Benny Thompson. Liz Cheney, etc., hid this stuff from the American public. Okay, well then let me ask you this. Here's the key question. We're speaking with Breitbart uh, News Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. He was the first to sit down with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for this interview since he gave Tucker Carlson the the, the never before seen clips of January 6th. Here's a like I know what my opinion is of the January 6th committee. I think they deceived the American public. I don't want to speak for my co-host Hammer, but he's shaking his head right now. What I want to know what but Kevin McCarthy, I want to know what this powerful guy is. His opinion is: Does he feel like the January sixth committee lied or deceived the lied to or deceived well, the public? I asked him that, and he said he hasn't gone through all of the tapes yet, and he has, he, he he's not making that determination at this point. He just wants to put the tapes out there in the interest of transparency and let the trips fall where they may okay. and let people make their own minds up, right? Like, so Tucker Carlson clearly made a compelling case, I think, in his show on Monday night that the January 6th committee lied to the public. I think that other people have made similarly compelling cases. There were several points, like, you know, that we went through here. Again, the timing of Sicknick uh, and his situation, yeah. the Senator Hawley situation, the, the, the shaman being walked around by police officers, yeah. right. et cetera. Right? Those are three examples right then and there where we can point to where the committee provided inaccurate information to the American public. So um, I think it's a big step in the right direction that the speaker is providing this information to the public and providing these tapes. By the way, there was an interesting thing that happened in the wake of this, which is Benny Thompson, who was the chairman of the committee, picked by Nancy Pelosi to lead this January 6th committee. Let me guess, he never saw the footage. He never saw the footage. Not only that, all the members, he said all the members of the committee didn't see it. It was only staff that went through the footage. Why didn't the members go of that committee Unbelievable. That are charged with that? It, it's such a dereliction of duty on their part. They were supposed to be the ones doing the formal investigation into what happened. And so that this doesn't happen again, again. That's the point here. We nobody's defending what happened on January sixth. What we're saying is is that the best way to to deal with this is true transparency. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and we do that. Um, then uh, we can prevent something from, like this from happening again. But providing a misinformation-laden report and these uh, you know, one-sided hearings that, that weren't designed to get at the truth but were designed to present a narrative uh, to hurt President Trump and his supporters, right. uh, re- the, you're not going to solve the problem. Matt Boyle is our guest. He is the Washington Bureau Chief for Breitbart News. Matt, Jason Hammer here. So when you sat down with McCarthy and 
and you're talking mm-hmm. to him about giving the tapes to Tucker Carlson, just by looking at his body language, do you feel like that was something he wanted to do? Because there's a lot of these rumors or whatnot that that was part of a deal that was made for him to get the speakership. He was going to have to turn over the January 6th video over to Tucker Carlson. Did you get the feel that was something that he wanted to do or was pressured to do? I, I feel like he wanted to do it. If you look at the way Speaker McCarthy, I don't know if it was part of a deal or not. I, I don't I don't know. And I frankly, I don't really care. If you do the right thing, who cares why you did it, right? Like, so, uh, but ultimately, in uh, more transparency is always the right thing. But I look at the way that McCarthy's operated over the last several years, and I've noticed uh, he has been a supporter of these types of things, of going after big tech and whatnot. And we've spent a lot of time together. We've done several big interviews together over the years. I've gotten to know him pretty well uh, before he was speaker and now that since he's been speaker. And I've seen him a couple of times since he's been speaker before we did this big sit down. And we have a lot more from the interviews coming too beyond the January 6th stuff that will come out in the coming weeks. But uh, about all sorts of different things on immigration, debt ceiling, all that kind of stuff. But the, um, I, I really think that he, uh, I think that he's genuine. And, and I think that people are starting to see that. I think that it's slowly but surely, and yeah. I completely understand after the years of Paul Ryan and John Boehner yep. and, and whatnot that people on the right are very skeptical of Republican leaders in Washington, uh, and he has work to do to win people over. But I think that if you look at his his uh, body of work so far, as yeah, speaker, the um, the commitment to America plan that he laid out yeah. last year. I mean, do you think, Matt? Yeah, do you, it, it, it has it has been uh, a, a good start for him. Yeah, look, and by the way, uh, so a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, we published our first big, so this is a big video interview that we just did with him is the second big one. So we did one with him a year out from the midterm elections uh, with him laying out, you know, the pathway back to the majority for the Republicans and what they're going to do when they get there. One of the big things he said in that interview we did a year ago, and we talk about this later in the interview, uh, this will be coming out in the, the coming weeks, is uh, that uh, uh, he he said he was going to strip uh, Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff of the Intel Committee, and Ilan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee. He said that he, to me yeah. a year before the midterm elections. And one of the first things he did is exactly that. He actually followed through on it, right? Like, and so the, I, I look at the things that he's been doing so far. I, I look. I'm somebody who likes to judge people on their actions, right? Like, so yes, there was a lot of high rhetoric and promises and all this kind of stuff. And yes, the commitment to America is fantastic document and a big step it's very close to like the contract with America like Newt Gingrich had back in the day um which was a very important document as well. Uh, but I want to see the action, right? Like, and that's yeah. what I think people want to see, and that's what people want to see. They want to see the action. We look at the work that these oversight committees are doing, the, the, the House Oversight Committee and then the Judiciary Committee and then the Weaponization Committee and, and you know, the things that they're doing. They're laying the groundwork for these big investigations right now. But, but I think the action, the proof is in the pudding already, right? Like, you see what they did, but they were able to roll Biden on the crime law. Yes. In D.C.? Yeah, yeah. Like that's another big thing. Uh, the ESG thing that they've got. The, the Now, look, they got that through the Senate, but Biden's going to veto it. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, the, the, I look at their actions rather than their talk, and I think their actions are good so far. So good for them.
We're speaking with Breitbart News Washington Bureau Chief Matt Boyle. He was the first to sit down with the House Speaker for an exclusive interview since he gave uh, Tucker that uh, never-before-seen footage of January 6th. What was, I'm curious, what what was McCarthy's reaction when Chuck Schumer comes out the next day and tells Fox News to censor and tells Fox yeah. News to take Tucker Carlson off the air? <laughs> and I, I'm sure, you know, obviously Kevin McCarthy himself has been getting severe criticism from Schumer and the left. What was his reaction? Yeah, well, look, uh, so I asked him about this, what his reaction to it is, and he said, you know, the, the Democrats, you know, go-to move these days is to just push for more censorship. We see it with the Twitter files. Yes. We see it with, uh, you know, the, the actions that they've been taking against people like us at Breitbart and other conservative media uh, across the board. They, they want to silence. They don't believe in the freedom of speech. They don't believe in the Constitution. And that's what Speaker McCarthy said. He would refer uh, Leader Schumer to the Constitution, right? The Constitution protects the freedom of speech. And, uh, and and frankly, there's one profession in the entire Constitution that is not a government job that is listed in there, and that is the freedom of the press, right? Like, uh, And so, frankly, um, uh, you know, I think Chuck Schumer is uh, uh, on the wrong side of history here. Uh, and again, I think that it's fantastic that the Democrats are showing that they believe in censorship, that they believe in opaqueness, well, the Republicans believe in freedom of speech and transparency. I will take that fight every single day. Uh, and, and frankly, uh, it, it just it, it's a really bad look for Schumer uh, to be calling for uh, the corporation that Tucker Carlson works for. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know his exact title, but the owner, executive chairman, whatever he is, uh, Rupert Murdoch, to, to censor his journalist employee. That's just moronic on Schumer's part. Uh, he should be ashamed of himself, and it's frankly un-American. Uh, hey, and Matt, is there going to be any sort of investigation of Kinzinger or Cheney? Do you feel like that is uh, something that is in the works with the you know with a Republican uh, House majority and a committeeship? I'm not sure yet. I don't know how that shakes out. I think once we see these full tapes come out and we see what the revelations are from them and we see more and more things keep coming out about this, then maybe that leads to something like that. But I asked the speaker if he, like, you know, will you be investigating the investigators? Uh, you know uh, the, the the these folks, and I named a few of them in particular: Betty Thompson, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinsinger, and he mentioned that Liz and Adam are no longer in the Congress and. He ripped Benny Thompson for his appointment as the chair of the committee because Benny Thompson, if you remember, actually did the same thing. He challenged the election uh, back in 2004, yeah. George Bush's re-election. Um, they all did in uh, 2016. They all called Hakeem it. Hakeem Jeffries is the leader, and he's the biggest election denier there. <laughs> right. So they're full of election deniers on the Democrat side. So, look, at the end of the day, I don't know how this materializes and where it goes from here, uh, or if we want to keep relitigating it or not, sure. or maybe we do, maybe yeah. we don't. I think it depends on the facts and what comes out, and you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But I, I'll say this. 
it doesn't look good for them because it proves that. I mean, they, I think we've gone through in just a segment here and then Tucker's show on Monday nights at least five separate lies that the January 6th committee told. And then in his subsequent shows later in the week, right, like he had that police officer on, the guy who was wearing the MAGA hat. He's a Biden voter. He put the MAGA hat on so he could blend in with the yeah. crowd so they would let him through. He wasn't like one of them, like secretly one of them. Their narrative is a total lie. And then the lady who wouldn't take his call, who he was trying to get approval from to evacuate the senators. Like, there's so many things about this that are not good for them. Uh, whether or not that turns into a formal investigation, I think remains to be seen. Hey, man, where uh, can people find? Are you going to? You, you mentioned you interviewed Trump. Are people going to be able to find that somewhere? Yeah, we'll we'll have a big story about it this weekend, okay. sometime or early next week. So yeah, and we're I, the the real reason I was talking to him is because we're doing a big story about his book. He's coming out with a new book, President Trump is uh, about with oh. all the letters and so. But I got his reaction to the January sixth thing, of course, right? right. Like, because why wouldn't you? Well, you had him on the phone, you know. So Matt, we'd love to have you back anytime. Yep. A uh, Breitbart News yep. Washington bureau chief Matt Boyle here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Have a great weekend. Right now, Cameron and Nigel present oh, oh, oh. Uh, Beer Sample Fry. Yeah. I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Beer Sample Friday brought to you by Thompson Furniture and Mattress down in Columbus. This is where we sample a random beer every Friday around this time. Sometimes breweries bring us in stuff. Sometimes we go get our own stuff. What did you uh, bring in here, Hammer? Well, let me slide this one on over to you here, Nige. It's a very sleek can. It's got a cool design. It's got a spider on it. Original Sin Black Widow Cider. Black Widow, bam a lamb. <laughs> right on. Crack it open. Now, this is not the first time you've imbibed today, by the way. No, I was you, bartending earlier. You were bartending on. I was like the, Isaac on the love boat. So, yeah, you were on the Kendall and Casey show. You brought in Long Island iced teas for everybody. And, like, we all, and, like, Tony Katz was here earlier. Of course, and, the one time yeah. Tony's here at work, <laughs> I got to end up making drinks for everybody. Are you a cider guy? I don't know much about this. Black Widow cider. You know, Black Widows could kill you, I think, from what I understand. Correct. Um, I've never had this. I have no idea. So, we're going to sample this for the mm. first time. 6% out. Alcohol by volume, 12 ounce can. Here we go. Cheers. Woo! It's got a little, little aftertaste to it. See that? Yeah. It's got some flavor got some, to it. Some fruity, uh, like like some some berry type of um, tones to it. Yeah, almost like, like a like uh, blackberries. Right. Right. And like the more you taste it, like it stays in your mouth. Like it's like blackberry and apple. To me, original sin, Black Widow cider, good choice, my friend. Thank you, Dr. Pepper. Um, the Oscars are this weekend, and are you tuning in. <laughs> well, for the most part, if you ask me that the Oscars are happening this weekend, here's my reaction. <laughs> I just hope Top Gun wins Best Picture. I, you know, I am pulling for Top Gun. It's not. You know, it's not. It's going to be some. 
crappy foreign film that nobody has seen before, that nobody <laughs> likes. Well, foreign films have their own category, but I've also heard that... But they've won, like, Best Picture before, that's too. That's true, that's true, with the foreign language. Yeah, 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 I got you. Uh, great moments in Oscar history. This was a number of years ago when Seth MacFarlane was talking about the nominees, and this is long before the Me Too movement, but Seth MacFarlane knew something. The 2012 nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are... Sally Field in Lincoln, Anne Hathaway in Les Miserables, Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Helen Hunt in The Sessions, and Amy Adams in The Master. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the uncomfortable laughter in the room. I forgot about that. <laughs> Here's kind of a wow. realistic uh, promo that Hammer and Nigel Productions has put together, and I really think that the networks need to use this when promoting the awards. See stars you don't know and probably don't care about walking on the red carpet. And wearing clothes you couldn't possibly afford in a lifetime. See artsy film clips that'll make you want to stick a pencil in your eye. Watch actors <laughs> win statues. And then accept the award by reading a list of people who helped them in their careers. Which means absolutely nothing to you. And don't forget about the dead celebrity montage. And the obligatory Lifetime Achievement Award to somebody who got stiffed by the Academy and everybody feels sorry for them. The Academy Awards. Blah, blah, blah. We get it. You're a big deal. Now can we go to bed? Wait, let's see what's on Netflix. That sums it up. That's a pretty realistic <laughs> look at the Academy Awards.